Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Today we are celebrating Jesus' triumphal entry into Jerusalem. Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, Hosanna. In preparation for this message today, it struck me quite odd that Jesus' entry into the city of Jerusalem is celebrated like a king entering a town only to have that king be put to death by the end of the week. And in this case, our Lord and Savior's death is on nothing else but a cross. Interesting side note is that September 14th is celebrated by some as Holy Cross Day. What is Holy Cross Day? Well, that's a good question, and I'm going to give you the Cliff Notes version of that this morning. Someone found some piece of wood and believed that it was the actual wood of the cross that Jesus was crucified on. These pieces of wood have been elevated and taken around to different churches for worship service and the like. These pieces of wood have been celebrated, and someone along the way said, let's celebrate this on September 14th, the day that's set aside to acknowledge these pieces of wood. Something like that. That's the Cliff Notes version. But you and I know that the cross is a huge, significant part of Christianity. The cross is the symbol of the ultimate saving act by our Lord and Savior Jesus. And for many people, when they see a cross, they think of Christians or Christianity because it is our symbol. It is the thing that we connect with, that we relate with, and that's very important to us. And if you stop and think about it, the cross is everywhere. It's all over the place. People make jewelry into crosses. They make various pieces of art, either out of crosses or in crosses. People have cross walls on their homes. I have one in our home. We have one in our home. In fact, I even have four crosses on one of my walls in my office. Here in the sanctuary, we have many crosses. A few of our stained glass windows have crosses on them. The two large stained glass windows, the one here at the front and the one in the back, the four windows are separated by what looks like a cross. The pyramids on the altar and on the pulpit lectern have crosses on them. I'm wearing a cross. And the cross behind me was used for a processional this morning. So the cross is really important and a significant symbol in relationship to Christianity. But let's not forget what the cross was really about. Too often I think that we forget that it was a means of capital punishment. Instead, we kind of glorify the cross. We may even brush it off 
and make it look so beautiful and wonderful. But the cross is not beautiful or wonderful like a sunset or some roses. Because the cross is really a brutal thing that was used to make people hang there. People were crucified and died on a cross. But I think you and I tend to forget that. We tend to forget that it was a means for capital punishment. Equal to, for example, let's say, the electric chair. If Jesus would have been put to death on an electric chair, we would not have a cross on this stand behind me. There would be an electric chair there. I would have an electric chair hanging from my necklace, from around my neck. And people would have electric chair jewelry or art. They might even have electric chair walls in their homes. I know, it sounds ridiculous, right? I digress. So you see, we shouldn't forget that the cross was a means of capital punishment. It was a terrible, terrible thing. Why? Because usually crucifixions took a very long time. Sometimes even days. Even though in Jesus' case, it didn't. But in most cases, when you crucified someone, they would be hanging there for a very long time. And so Jesus endured one of the most brutal ways to die, and that was by being crucified on a cross. It's amazing, as I was preparing for this sermon, and I was searching for some things that people had done in relationship to crucifixion research. And I discovered something rather obvious. It's not appropriate to crucify anyone to learn more about the experience. Somebody actually wrote that. But they have done other things to try and understand what it would be like to try and crucify someone. And so one of the things that I learned was the debate about where they put the nails. They put the nail in the palm of the hand or here in the the wrist area. And one of the interesting things about this is that each hand endures the total weight of the body. So if a person weighs 100 pounds, this hand is enduring 100 pounds and so is the other hand. The weight is not distributed between the two hands, whereas one gets 50 and the other gets 50. No, each hand has to endure the total weight of your body. Another thing that I learned is that the crucifixion begins with flogging. They would usually tie a person up and had some kind of flogging device that was made most of the time out of leather, And they would knot it and put things like bone or metal or glass on the end of it so that when they flogged you, it could tear the skin or the flesh right off. And that's where it started. They were already weakening you. They were already having this impact upon a person. And then they'd have this person carry this beam out to the place where they were going to be crucified. You probably didn't carry the entire cross, even though there are some movies that illustrate that. 
but it was more likely that they carried the cross beam and the vertical beam was probably already there for other crucifixions that had already taken place. And so they would nail the person to the cross and most people think that it was here between the bones so that she would stay up there because otherwise you wouldn't be able to hold all of the weight in the palm of your hands. But we should also note that they tied the arms with ropes to help hold them up. And when a person is there upon the cross, it's very difficult to breathe. So they would lift themselves up just a little bit so that they could breathe a little bit better. And in so doing, they're probably scratching their back on the wood of that vertical beam, and their back is already in pain and agony because of the flogging. The heart rate increases tremendously, and they're losing a lot of blood. And so it's not just one thing about this that kills you. It's a combination of all these things that ultimately takes the person's life. And none of this takes into account the psychological effects of doing such a thing. It was terrible. It was miserable. And it was done for everyone to see. Crucifixions were usually done by the roadside for everyone to see as they passed by. And another thing that I learned is that in movies, you usually see them crucified way up on high. But from my research, it sounds like that their feet weren't very far off the ground. That way, when passerbys went by, they could look the person in the eye, see, smell, and kind of feel what this person was actually going through. Primarily for the purpose of saying, don't do this crime because if you do, you will end up just like this person. The cross was a terrible thing. Crucifixion was a terrible thing. No one wanted to be crucified. The suffering, the pain that you would have to endure and go through was tremendous. The prophet Isaiah gives us a picture of this even before it actually took place. Many of you are probably familiar with some portion of these words, but I'm going to read a portion of that for you today from Isaiah 53. He had no form or majesty that we should look at him and no beauty that we should desire him. He was despised and rejected by men. A man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And as one from whom men hide their face, he was despised and we esteemed him not. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon Him was the chastisement that brought us peace. And with His wounds, we are healed. 
the joy of our salvation is in Jesus Christ our Lord. He forgives us for the sins we commit, including taking His cross for granted. The joy of our salvation is not in pieces of wood that perhaps Jesus was crucified on. The Greeks come to Philip and they say, Sir, we wish to see Jesus. They want to see Him. They want to hear what He has to say. In many pulpits throughout churches, not this one, those words, we wish to see Jesus, are inscribed into the pulpit itself. So that when the pastor walks into or up to the pulpit, and he sees these words, he knows that it's his task to proclaim Jesus to the people. Because in Him is where our joy truly is. That is where our salvation is. It is in Jesus Christ. Jesus who suffered and died and who rose again. So that you and I can have life and salvation and forgiveness of sins in His name. When each one of us was baptized, we were baptized into that name. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And in that name, we see Jesus and what He has done for us. Today, you have the opportunity to come forward and eat the very body and blood of Jesus for the forgiveness of your sins and the strengthening of your faith. Jesus said, And I, when I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all people to Myself. He said this to show by what kind of death He was going to die. We lift high the cross, because it was there that God demonstrated His love for us through His Son. Through His Son, Jesus. Yes, we want to see Jesus. Because it is by His wounds that we are healed. Amen. Now may the peace of God, which surpasses all human understanding, guard our hearts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus unto life everlasting. Amen.